Pastor Ed Taylor on how God can use your testimony. We like routine so much that we just get into a rhythm and a routine and we just stop. And God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than that. He wants your life and my life to bring him glory. He wants your testimony, where you've been, what you've been through, what you've been delivered from, to be an encouragement to other people. When you share your testimony, when you share your story, when you give that piece of your life that's close and intimate. Some of us, you know, we have some really bad stories, so it hurts even when we share them. But even through the hurt, God's going to use your story of his power in your life to bring him glory, get somebody's attention. We're going to share it because when we share it, God gets the glory. This is amazing grace. Win, disciple, and send. That's what we're all about here at Abounding Grace at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And today, Pastor Ed Taylor will encourage us to adopt that threefold approach to life and ministry this year and beyond. You see, as believers, we're called to win people to Christ and then disciple that new believer and finally send people for Jesus. Let's learn all about that now as we join Pastor Ed in Ephesians chapter 3. I think he wants us to ask for great things and think great things in our lives so that we might bring glory to his name and the church continues to other generations. Sometimes you'll hear that described as like, God, I believe, wants you to dream big for his glory. I think he wants you to really ask him, how do you want me to use me, God? And how do you want to use this talent? And, and, and what do you want for my life? And, and then begin to make choices that way and just to think that whatever choice you make, and I think you can dream big, big, and huge because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big it is. God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. But the real question is, how often, you know, what, what's been going on in your life where you've been thinking and asking from God? I mean, Jesus said, continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. But so many just stop and they just quit. And I get it, man, because there are all kinds of burdens and barriers and family issues and pain and, and life. I get it trials and tribulations and challenges and you're just like you know what I don't have any energy I don't even know what to do I don't even want to ask God anymore but you would make a great error that's a bad choice because Jesus said to seek him first in his kingdom and then all these things will be added unto you because all of us go through ch challenges and yeah maybe you need to take a breather and you need to get catch get your equilibrium again again I I, I know that things happen where we've got to pause and we got to but God, it's not God's will for you to pause to the point where you get out of the race. He wants you to finish well. He wants you to run not just to the tape, but he wants you to run through the tape. That you continue and that a new year represents, you know what? You know what? I haven't been asking lately. All right, well, change it. I haven't been seeking lately. Well, okay, then change it. You know, I haven't served the Lord in many years. Okay, well, what's, what's your problem? Why are you not, why are you not serving? You go, pastor, you just asked me what my problem is? Yes. Like, what happened to you? Remember when you were a new believer? Remember when all that mattered is just worshiping God? 
Do you remember when like, like it was just so sweet that you learned something new in the Bible and, and you had a prayer, you're like, I'm talking to God. Do you remember when you wanted to tell people about what you learned and tell people about who Jesus is and how you forsook this and how you're doing? Do you remember that? When it wasn't religious, when it wasn't tied to a room or, you know, remember, you know now, now everybody wants to argue about stuff. Well, what version of the Bible do you use? Just use one, man. Don't worry about the version. Just open it up and read the Bible. Oh, there's some bad ones out there. We'll get it out of your hands. Read the Bible. No, you know, pastor, you can't use that version. Seriously, what would happen to you? Are you serious? Well, you know, you can't do that in search. What are you talking about? Is it sin? Well, it's not sin, but I just don't like it. What is your problem? No wonder the church makes no progress. We just walk into a room like this and it's like all about us. And it's not God's will. It's not about us at all. And I mean, if God brought you here, and I'm just talking to our little church here, right? I know it goes out on the radio and around the country, and that's fine. But I'm just talking about what I'm responsible for. What happened? That now church surrounds everything about what you want and your preferences and what's going to make you happy. And you have forgotten the lost and dying world that you live in. And that you're only going to spend 90 minutes here for a so. And maybe if you serve another couple hours. But real, where the rubber meets the road is when you're out of this building. Serving people, loving people, helping people, caring for people, ministering to people. Life is found at the foot of the cross. Life is found in surrender to Jesus. And and I don't know exactly who I'm speaking to or not. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's trying to draw from you. But I do know this. For some of you, if you don't make fundamental changes in your relationship with God right now, as a result, things will get worse, not better. You'll be less inclined to worship. You'll be less inclined to read your Bible. I mean, I'm a pastor. I know. I I mean, I'm not naive enough to think that there are people among us right now that you would consider yourself a Christian, but you don't even read the Bible. That's like saying, yeah, you know, I work over there, but you never show up. You know what that's called? You don't work there. Well, yeah, I got a job there, but you don't work there. And she's like, well, I'm a believer. Do you read your Bible? No. I mean, What does that mean exactly for you? Again, it could be a dry spell. It could be some difficult time. I I get it. I know life hits us in different ways. But church, God is calling you to something so much higher than religion. But we like routine so much that we just get into a rhythm and a routine and we just stop. And God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than that. He wants your life and my life to bring him glory. He wants your testimony, where you've been, what you've been through, what you've been delivered from, to be an encouragement to other people. When you share your testimony, when you share your story, when you give that piece of your life that's close and intimate, some of us, you know, we have some really bad stories, so it hurts even when we share them. But even through the hurt, God's going to use your story of his power in your life to bring him glory, get somebody's attention. And yeah, of course, we wish we didn't have a testimony, but man, we do, so that's the way it is. We're going to share it, because when we share it, God gets the glory, and you're a walking miracle, and this world needs to see and hear about more walking miracles, because they're all beat up and messed up and fearful and wondering, and I mean, if you only live for this world, if this is all you live for, wouldn't you be scared? I think so. Like, if this is all there is, man, we are jacked 
up, man, this is it. Like we are in trouble. But the Bible is very clear that this world is not all there is. We're just passing through. We have a hope that is centered in Jesus Christ. And so let me remind you before we head out here of a couple things that's important. Because in our life of our church, even though there's a lot of great churches, we have, there is a purpose, like a vision for our church, a mission and a vision. I mean, those are the language that's used today. Like, you know, what are we about? Why are we here? What are we about? There is a vision. And we've summarized it into just one word to make it easy for you. Why do we exist? Why are we on the corner here? Why have we gathered together known as Calvary Church right here in Aurora? Why? Why, why was, there was, this was once dirt and then God planted a church. And the word plant comes to us from the garden. That's what it means. It's like you plant a seed and you watch it grow. That's why they, they use the word church planting. Where you see something planted and you nurture it and watch it grow. And so why would God start a new church in Aurora? And and here's the vision of this church, this particular, your home church. This is why we're here. The vision of our church is evangelism. That is why we're here. God has put you on the planet to connect you with other human beings for the purposes of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Evangelism. That's it. So why am I alive? You are alive to connect with other people. Why am I on the planet? So that God might use you to connect with other people. But I'm so introverted. Well, God will connect you with other introverted people. And you can sit at the table with your head down talking to each other about the love of Jesus. No excuses. You see how easy it is? So excuses. Well, I don't, you know, it's just not how God made me. Exactly. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you think or ask. He's the one doing the work. Just make yourself available. Extrovert, introvert, whatever. Whatever your personality type is. That's what God put you on the earth for, evangelism. So with that, Because we have the vision of evangelism, we have a responsibility. And I want you to hear that word. You are responsible for the gospel of Jesus Christ that has changed your life. And so our vision of our church is evangelism with a threefold responsibility. And we've summarized it in another three words. Win, disciple, and send. And I know for some of you it's review, but for some of you it's brand new. And I, I want you to know that's what this church, this is the grid that we put everything through. Will this help us win someone to Christ? Will it help us disciple someone in Christ? Will it help us send someone out for Christ? If not, we don't want to do it. Which is very important for you that are new to the church, especially if you came from another church. Because there are ideas you have. You came from another church and they had this ministry. You came from another church and they did this. And you came from another church and they did that. And you were watching somebody on YouTube and they're doing something. And so the idea is you come in and go, pastor, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? I want this. Why can't we do this? And here's the answer. We're not called to do that. And we're glad other churches are doing that, but we're not called to do that. And this is a very important principle when you, any church you're in, but especially ours and for your life. You ready? It's very important. You should write it down. We can't do everything. Did you guys hear that? Not only that, we won't do everything because we can't do everything well. But even though we can't do everything, we will do something. And that something will be led from the Holy Spirit. So we can't do everything. And you just got to understand we can't do everything. But pastor, pastor, you don't understand. It was so good in the church that I came from. And, uh, you know, they're, they're across town and we need that over here. Okay, Either you're really married to that ministry and you need to go back to that church so you can enjoy that ministry, or you got to realize that God brought you here and you're doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. And we can't do everything. 
And so just a head up, just so you're not disappointed when you hear that. Like, we, no, we're not called to do that. There was a time when every church in town was studying the same exact book, not the Bible, but the same exact book, doing the same exact teaching, some popular pastor. And I can't tell you how many times somebody goes, why aren't we studying that book? Why aren't we studying that book? Why aren't we studying that book? Why aren't we doing all those small groups? Why? And, and I had to repeat myself over and over again. We are not called to study a book. We are called to study the Bible. And we, just because every church in town is doing something, doesn't mean we're supposed to do something. We are very singular. Like if you were here on that first Sunday and you were here and we, well, what do we do? We opened the Bible. We studied the book of Revelation. That's what we did that first Sunday. And now you're just, you're back for the very first time, 23 years later. And guess what? Oh, Ed, you're doing the same exact thing. You're teaching the Bible and singing. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, it might be different. We're in a room now. We got lights and different things and different technology. Yes, it's a little different, but it's also the same. And that's our commitment to teach you the Bible verse by verse because we know it's the Bible that's going to change your life. And I want to operate not with personality and not with clever sayings. I want to operate in the gifting of pastor teacher. I want to be used by God. I want to be able to say things that God inspires and he uses from his word to explain it, to give you the meaning, but more importantly, to teach you how to live the Bible, not just learn the Bible. Like the Bible, you don't just study the Bible like, oh, you know, I can win at Bible trivia now. No, you study the Bible so you can know God and live your life for him. And which is one of the reasons why people don't read the Bible, because it can be so challenging as you keep looking at it as a mirror. You know, the Bible says it's a mirror and you're like, oh man, I need to fix that. I need to take care of that. I need to make that change. But that's God's will for your life. So our vision is evangelism with the responsibility, number one, to win a person to Christ. Mark chapter 16, in verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. I don't want you to confuse the word win. It's not being used in the sense of competition where there's winners and losers. That's not it. As a matter of fact, the Bible uses the word win as, a, as something that he who wins souls is wise. It's like you're, you're winning someone's love over to God. That's the idea where they're changing allegiances. And so when you hear win, it's just the idea of evangelism. You're, you're seeing someone's heart won over by God. So Jesus said, we were saved to share the good news. Go preach the gospel. Secondly, once a person is saved, we have a responsibility to disciple that person. So the word disciple, it means learner. That's what a disciple is, a learner. So that for someone to learn how to follow Jesus, then is required a teacher. So you have a learner and a teacher. And so that's why we are committed to teaching you the whole Bible. God gave us the whole Bible so that you might become a whole follower of Christ, a disciple. And that, the scripture there is Matthew chapter 28 in verse 19, where Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. So preaching the gospel and make disciples, they go together. And then finally, when disciple send, we have a responsibility to send people for Jesus And we learn that in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. Jesus told those early disciples, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. So we were saved to share the good news. We were saved to teach others to follow Christ. And then finally, we were saved to go and help others. Now, I know that sending becomes very exclusive in people's minds to like worldwide missions. Of course, we send missionaries, we send missionaries, and we do. That has been from the beginning of our church, we have sent missionaries around the world, yes. 
But I want you to consider sending in your own personal application. Like in just a few minutes, you're going to be sent out. As I mentioned earlier, you're going to live most of your life outside of this building. You're sent out. And so it's not merely, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not ever going to go to the mission field. No, no, you're going to, you're, you may not go across the world, but you need to go across the street. You need to go across the, the workroom to the other cubicle or to the break room. Like you are and I am sent out and scattered throughout the world every single day. And you should be sent out and scattered as a stronger disciple whose heart's been won over by Jesus. That's the heart of this church. And it is very simple. We have to fight really hard and work really hard to keep it simple because it's far easier to let it become so complex and so upset. Like, it just, there's so many layers of life and dealing with people and such that we can, we can make it all complex, but it's not as complex as it seems. So those that are in leadership here, those that serve here, we do a lot of work behind the scenes. We get things in order and we stay above reproach. Why? So that we can keep things simple. And so we can't do everything, but we will do something. And I love this because Jesus laid it out for the disciples and he, he, he led them to do the impossible. You got to understand something. When they were told to go around the world, this is a group of people that never really left the Galilee region except to go to Jerusalem occasionally. Like, like it's not that big of a country. It's not that big of an area that go around the world. It's not like they're going to hop a plane or get on a train or drive a Tesla across the country. They're, they, they aren't going to, that around the world was an impossibility that could not even been thought of, which reminded me too as a church, like where, where's the impossibilities? Where, where, when's the last time you prayed for something that you don't have enough money to do? You don't have enough smarts to do? Like you can't do it, but only God can. When's the last time you laid your life down on the impossibilities of God? And which leads us back to asking and seeking and knocking in these last days. Because I know if you don't make a substantive change, another year is going to be wasted. And, and I don't know too many people. I don't know too many people that really would say out loud, yeah, I just kind of want to waste my life. I want to religiously waste my life. I want to pretend to be a Christian, say I'm a Christian, maybe dabble, go to church, but, but otherwise I don't want my life to amount to anything. Truly, that's not in your heart. And if you're a real born-again believer, God did not put that in your heart for sure. He doesn't want you to waste your life, but invest it in the kingdom. He wants to use you. And I don't know how. I don't know. I know what God's called me to, but even what else would he have for me? I mean, there are things that when I first came here compared to where I am now, very, very different. I never thought, I never knew, but I put myself, I said, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm ready to be used. I think of just the, the, the blessing, just one little story that we kind of take for granted, but don't ever take Grace FM for granted as a church family. Don't ever do that. Because I want you to think about this. When you go to bed tonight and you are snoring away at sleep tonight, when, when you are out of it at three o'clock in the morning, you and your church are reaching out to the lost. You're sleeping, but you're still reaching out. And you know how that started? It started with just a little AM radio station here in Denver. We were praying as a leadership team way back in the day. And we're like, what can we do for this city? How can we, and what do we have for this city? And we're looking around, well, we don't have anything. We, we don't have anything to give this city except I was teaching the Bible. And we had a few recordings that we had trans changed to edited and, and produced. And even the, the production back then was just the same intro, same outro. And we were just right Bible study. And you know what? God used it. And then he opened doors for more stations. 
And then he laid before us this desire. You know what? I think God wants to do even greater. And then he put this station in front of us up here in Denver. And we're like, boom, we'll take it. And then he opened a door down in the Springs. And boom, we'll take it. And now we're still in a position of waiting of, God, what do you have? Because we have a couple of needs. We have a couple of wants, you know, not necessarily needs, but we have a couple of wants when it comes to this consistent 24-hour, seven-day-a-week ministry of worship and the Word throughout our city. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. We're in the middle of a four-part series called Faith Forward. You can catch what you've missed in the series by logging on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Ed, today you encouraged us to share the good news of Jesus with others. But what would you say to that person that wants to do that with a friend or a family member, but that person they want to share with is totally closed off, doesn't want to hear it? Well, you know, it's important for us to take sharing outside of maybe this pulpit model or this pamphlet model where we think it's going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Hello, my name is Ed. Here's a track. Jesus loves you. You have sinned. You need forgiveness. Step away from that model for a moment and realize that anything and everything you're doing is for the Lord. So let's come to this friend or family member that's completely closed off. We have to ask, well, what exactly are they closed off to? Because are they closed off to acts of kindness? Are they closed off to friendliness, to being a good friend? And I would say they're not closed off to any of those things. They're probably closed off to this event where we just go and we share the gospel. And of course, I changed my voice for that, Larry, but like, well, we're going to share the gospel. But how about this? We live our lives in such a way that honors the love of God in us. And then, and then we step out into people's lives. And of course, the conversation or the relationship will, will lead toward a more cogent, a more focused sharing of the love of God and the need for repentance. I'm not advocating avoiding that. But I'm also reminding us today that the Bible says that some people plant, Paul wrote this, remember? Some people plant, talking about the seed of the gospel, some people water, but it's only God that gives the increase. So in our planting and watering, that can be done a lot of different ways. You know, bring somebody a pie in Jesus' name. Before you go to work, go get some Krispy Kreme donuts or some donuts from Duncan and bring them in and just give them in Jesus name. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Standing up on the desk. These donuts are from Jesus. No, just bring them. Let the Lord use them, connect with people. And one question, you know, that are people that are closed off or really angry that, that I like to use that, that works most of the time is, is there anything I can pray for you about? How can I pray for you? And that question almost always is answered with, yes, this is going on. And, and they might even say, well, you know, if with your God, if you want to talk to your God, you know, they could be. But any response is a good response because you're either planting or watering. But know this, as you plant and water, God will give the increase. This could be a whole Bible study in and of itself, but it's a great question. And I appreciate you guys listening and stepping out into lives. Maybe you have some ideas that you can send my way. Uh, go to my website, edtaylor.org, and email me. Maybe you have some ideas that you've done that have worked that are directly related to this question. I'd love to hear them and add them to my thinking. Excellent counsel there. Thanks, Ed. 
Maybe you're looking for a good book to go through. Well, here in the month of February, we picked out an excellent one written by Warren Wearsby. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called On Being a Servant. You know, sometimes we lose sight of what ministry and service is all about as we get overwhelmed by the pressures and needs that surround us. Be encouraged and strengthened by the wisdom that Warren Wiersbe shares in this easy-to-read book. We'll send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Just call and ask for On Being a Servant of God. Our number is 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And as we continue to deliver God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we're talking about moving forward in the strength of the Spirit of God. See you back here tomorrow. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.